Episode 39 of the Photon Podcast. Shopping list show number two coming up. MTCRadio.com presents Photon, the other ham radio podcast. Found online at PhotonPodcast.com. Now, here's your host, Kale Nelson, K4CDN. Welcome in to the 39th episode of the Photon Podcast. Yeah, we've been here for a little over a year, maybe a year and a half or so, and uh, doing a bi-weekly program for you, the new ham, the folks who are out there interested in getting into amateur radio, or if you've been licensed for forever, we'll let you listen to because you'll probably be able to come back with some of the best comments and show notes that we can generate here on the program. My name is Kale. That's right. My call is Kilo 4 Charlie Delta November. I'm a general class licensee from the upstate of South Carolina, former FM radio guy, stay-at-home dad, five kids, ball-headed, drive a van. And thank you so much for tuning in. This is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, episode number 21, the accidental episode is what we called it because it just kind of happened between three friends discussing their purchasing ideas and what we would and wouldn't buy. Uh, never really was official, although we posted it as a show and it was great. We use it all the time as a reference point for folks who are coming in curious about what they need to buy for the amateur radio on the front end. Now that's cool and everything, but we wanted to kind of go back because there's been some new products introduced here in the last year, uh, that we didn't really know about or really hadn't had any, any experience with. So we want to come back and talk about that some more. And we're going to do it here in just a second on episode number 39. This portion of the Photon Podcast is brought to you by Kenwood USA and their entire product line found at mtcradio.com. From handy talkies to flagship HF rigs, they've got you covered. Kenwood USA from mtcradio.com. Hey, yeah, it's Kale. Uh, thanks for the introduction there, Kale. Appreciate you bringing us in. Hey, I've got with us George and Jeremy, our two buddies. We are the three amigos. And, yeah, you know, just keeping it real. Um, we have a lot of fun on this program, and a lot of that fun has to do with having great people on the show. We've had great guests through this entire year. We're winding down 2015, running into 2016. And as mentioned in the intro, we want to do a special show for you this time, the Shopping List Show. This is an official Shopping List Show. Uh, so, Jeremy, George, welcome to you both. We're going to talk about spending everyone else's money. Hey, Kale, Jeremy. Happy holidays, guys. Happy holidays, gentlemen. Yeah, I'm ready for some turkey. We do it kind of different down here, but I'm ready for it. How do you do it down there? My my, my mother-in-law actually takes the turkey and, and bakes it like you would bake it regularly in an oven. And then she pulls it all off the bone and, like, shreds it. Then puts it in a pan underneath dressing, okay? And then takes the gravy, the giblet gravy, and pours it all over the top of the dressing and bakes it like a casserole. Wow. It's that awesome. sounds pretty awesome. You, you just need one plate, you know? I mean, nothing slides around, gets in the way. It's all right. One piece. <laughs> what time should we be there? <laughs> if you fly out, George, I'll cook it whenever you show up, bro. <laughs> I might do that. That sounds pretty good. You're always welcome, both of you in South Carolina. So anytime, anytime, you're more than welcome. Hey, uh, it is the Shopping List show for 2015. Uh, Main Trading Company, of course, is our sponsor. And uh, if you have been following Main Trading Company with their email, if you haven't, you need to sign up. Why? Because they're doing a, a daily special every day from now until Christmas. 
and they've had some really cool daily specials. Get that get that said because some of the stuff that we're going to talk about would relate back to that. So make sure you check our sponsor, mccradio.com. All right, so uh, we're going to talk about spending money. Where do we want to start, guys? Do we want to start on the upper end or the lower end? Uh, any particular, that, George, where do you want to start? Yeah, what, uh, let's start with what everybody wants to figure out, which is what their HF station should be. And even if you're a, uh, a technician and trying to figure out uh, what you want to have as an HF station for 10 meters or when you upgrade to general or extra, that'd be a good place to start. All right. All right. So uh, let's talk about HF because there's a couple of different ways you can attack it. You've got uh, QRP man pack. You've got uh, even portable rigs that kind of go one way or the other with that, If even if they're not QRP. Uh, you also have uh, desktop rigs that some people drag out that I would never dream of doing for field day or something. So, um, Jeremy, you got some ideas? Let's talk about QRP. QRP rigs, since it's low power, HF, uh, where do you guys want to go with that, Jeremy? Well, I'm, I'm glad we're getting this out of the way early in uh, mentioning, getting the KX3s mentioned in uh, right there at the beginning. Oh. Um, I mean, from, from, a, from a performance perspective, there's just no... There's there's no parallel, um, George. I mean, the only other radio really to consider is uh, the ASU eight seventeen. Do you, do you think that holds yeah. the handle? Well, I think it's a different kind of radio. So uh, for for pure performance and functionality, uh, you can't beat the KX three um, for for receiver performance and modes of operation and. Uh, digital uh, encode and decode built in, uh, those features are really quite unique and the performance is unique, but it's also very pricey. You know, you're really looking at um, $1,000 plus depending on the features. So looking at the 817, of course, that's around six. Uh, it, it has two meters. It also has uh, 440 FM as well. So it's more of a um, um, has more features from a you know modes and bands perspective, but the performance is not quite as good. Um, I, I like the 817 a lot, but also it's only a couple of watts. By the time you put uh, the typical AA battery pack in there, you're not even getting a full five watts. So you do kind of give up a bit on the power side, but um, but it's a compact radio. It's a nice little rig. Well, I, I do want to cr- uh, clarify that because while they don't recommend that you run full power with the double A's, you can get the full five watts on HF out. It just doesn't last very long. So on uh, alkalines or what kind of batteries would that be? I've done it with nickel metal hydrides. I actually have never run alkalines in there, um, but nickel metal hydrides have a, a lower internal self-resistance than alkalines. Um, but you'll notice when you turn it into the, the power mode, it starts flashing, um, and that's how you know you're mm-hmm. back in the five watts. But oh, okay. I, I think overall, um, myself, the 817 was actually one of the first HF radios I ever had, and it was mainly because it was affordable. But it um, it's not great at anything, but um, probably for a what you get, I think it's safe to say I really would recommend both of them. And it really comes down more into what your price range uh, is. And we could throw out some other uh, radios, too, that are a little bit more specialized. So when you think QRP... A lot of times you're focused around CW because uh, very low power CWs can be more effective than sideband uh, or other modes except maybe digital. And there's some other really nice QRP radios out there. Uh, LNR uh, Precision makes a little radio called a Mountain Topper. It's about 250 bucks. Uh, it's very compact, a couple of watts, a couple of bands. Uh, there's several radios in that range, uh, kits as well as uh, assembled radios. 
I wonder if anyone from Elecraft is listening right now. Call me. I'm good on QRZ. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I've, I've been quiet this entire time. I really don't know. I mean, I, I've seen an 817. I, I've seen someone use it. I've seen the KX3, seen someone use it, never operated either radios. Uh, I, I would take either um, if it were me. Uh, but a KX3 would be sweet. I'm not going to. You know, it's, it. what's sort of funny to me about all about the QRP rigs, many years ago when I first looked at QRP back in the, like in the 70s, at that time, the QRP radio was a, was a Heathkit HW7, and a worse radio has never existed on the planet. That is a terrible radio. Uh, it had an awful receiver. It was microphonic. You'd bang the case, and it, you could hear it. It was just terrible, and I'm sure someone out there, I've just dissed their favorite rig. I'm sorry, but it was a bad rig, and in, from that era, there wasn't a lot of great low-power radios, and so the QRP rigs of old were just lousy and today uh there is an unbelievable number of small low power qrp rigs that, that'll run circles around those old radios yeah so and there's just if you look at rate. if you look at the money of what it costs then versus what you can buy one for now it's probably pretty equal maybe even a better bargain today probably a far better bargain today well that like that little mountain topper thing um for 250 bucks i, I think the hw7 it might have been in the same price range, but that was, you know, 35 years ago. Yeah, that was $1,000 so, you know, then, yeah. Yeah, it was a lot more expensive yeah. in those days. So uh, we, we've talked about QRP. Uh, I think we've covered that, and, and thank you, Jeremy, for the for the stab right there at the very get-go. I, I wasn't even anticipating that. I, I brought that right on myself. Uh, call me Ellicraft. I'm, I'm here. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, let's talk about some portable rigs because I know George was uh, one of the very first purchasers of the FT-991 that I'm aware of. I know that uh, Richard's had them on sale throughout the year at MTC. And there's some people that have been pretty happy with them. There's some people that uh, were like, well, we got some firmware issues. I don't know. I've never even seen one in the flesh. But uh, I know that it probably would be considered the maybe the best, one of the best-selling uh, HF rigs on the market right now. It's very hot. Uh, it's a very popular radio, partly because there's always demand for new uh, models of Yesu Kenwood ICOM radios, and it's the newest one. Uh, it's kind of a replacement for the FT897, about the same size, uh, similar base features, uh, but this radio is twice the price of the 897 mm. and does not have any internal batteries uh, unlike the 897. So it's not exactly a replacement for it. Uh, and it's got some whizzy new features. It's got a band scope, which unfortunately doesn't run while you're tuning around. You have to hit the band sweep button and then tune separately, which is kind of odd, but... Um, Anyway, overall, it's a nice radio. Um, the only reason that I would be a little hesitant to take it portable is because it's fairly expensive and delicate in that sense. I mean, it's not a. I mean, it's very well made. It's a. It's a little. You know, it's a little tank. But I would hate to drop this thing in the dirt. So, um, but it's a very nice size, and it's a do-all radio, and you really kind of can't go wrong um, with that. But it's a bit pricey. Um, the other radio that I would seriously consider right now, I think, if I were looking for a a portable HF-only radio. Uh, the ICOM IC7200 is a radio which is passed over quite a bit. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen one of these things, but if you put the little handles on the front of it, it looks like a man pack <laughs> radio. It's, I uh, think it's funny that he's asking us if we've ever yeah, seen we, that. We uh, have friends that yeah. uh, paint those green before they were oh, painted well, green. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they, well, you got handles, you know, handle envy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I was looking them up on the web, and you, you can get them in OD green. You can get it in, in like, desert camo. Yeah, chocolate you can chip get it camo. in, like, yeah, it's, it's got awesome. a pink color. Uh, I got a pink one, a yellow, an orange one. Yeah, it's kind of scary. What is that? It's is very that? scary. See, that radio is half the price. Yeah. Um, and they used to be about eleven hundred dollars, and now they're on sale for about uh, about eight hundred. Um, so I think that's quite the deal right now. And I think it's at the end of its life. Uh, the, the radio's been around six or seven years. Uh, it's probably going to get replaced. Well, you could say with the IC seventy three hundred. But that's going to be up. That's really more of a competitor to the nine nine one. It's really um, a much fancier radio. Yeah, and, and a couple things about the seventy two hundred. Um, although it doesn't honestly matter for most people, but there's no um, FM capability, and I can't remember. Does it do AM or is it C, uh, sideband and CW only? I don't know if it does AM, but uh, but sort of a who cares for most people anyway. Yeah, it's got the built-in sound sure. card. You know, the the built-in sound card yes. kind of sells it against the no FM. Uh, one before we go to the next uh, the next little thing here. Uh, what about the eight five seven? The Foxtrot Tango FT five nine seven, which I, is kind of between eight seventeen nine. I want to I, I want to shut that down. That radio is like fifteen years old, but it's still um, in the market, you, right? I mean, you can buy one oh, yeah, brand yeah. new today. It is. But, okay, I just want to make sure. I mean, if if you want it because it has the form factor and you know basically one big knob, but not a lot of features, um, it's still fairly expensive. Especially like if you compare it to the seventy two hundred, I think that it is still more. Um, the seventy two hundred has an IFDSP uh, for all your filtering, whereas the eight fifty seven is still using uh, crystal filters, which are about one hundred and seventy bucks a pop. So by the time you get it outfitted to have a somewhat semi-decent receiver, you still can't really hold a candle to any of these other radios we mentioned. Um, one thing I will say, because I actually got asked this when I was talking to somebody, why didn't I recommend the 7100? And the only reason I didn't is because I think it's a great mobile rig, great receiver performance, etc. But it's a pain in the rear end having the separate head from the separate body. So I, I wouldn't really call that portable. So I'll give you kind of a a flip side to that. One of the field day radios that we've used for many years is a Kenwood TS-480. And it's similar in that there's a body and there's a control head, and you cannot mount the head to the body. It has to run separate. So we took the body, mounted it in a Pelican case, and when we set up at field day, we put the head on the table and run the little cable to the Pelican case where the body sits. So that works okay. Um, you could do the same thing with the 7100, but if you really want to carry a single unit and have it all working hooked together, you're right. It's a little awkward. What I will say about the 480, though, is Kenwood actually makes a sled that'll hold the body of the radio yeah, and that's head true. On together. And what stinks is if you buy the radio in Europe, the radio comes with that, but here it's like a <laughs> $60 or $70 accessory. And the whole time we're having this discussion, Whiskey 4 Echo Delta Fox is rubbing his hands together as he enjoys his TS-480. There now, now you're getting back. We're even. For the KX. Yeah, we're even. We're even. George, are you keeping score? I'm keeping score. Hey, by the way, before we get off the 857, yeah. um, let me put one plug in for the. You said form factor, and that that's spot on. I think the performance of that radio is very mediocre. Um, the real selling point is its its features for the size. In other words, for a mobile radio, a fairly compact mobile radio, you get a hundred watt HF rig, and if you're going to do Manpack portable. You're going to have some kind of 
frame in your backpack and you're going to mount the radio to it and you're going to pretend like you're an army man and <laughs> use that for your soda activation. Uh, for soda and stuff like that, it's very popular. It's it's not a very power-efficient radio, um, but y- you know you, you do get a lot of oomph for the space. So I, I think that's kind of where it shines. I love your diplomacy on this issue, but I'm just sick and tired of 15-year-old receiver architecture that, like you said, is mediocre at best. When um, I can get a better receiver on a $20 USB dongle and some free software. So I'm- yeah, but the, the flip side is the transmitter. I mean, that's really you, – you're, you're absolutely right on the receive side. But where the problem comes in is on the transmit. So if you take a QRP rig, let's say, to the mountaintop, and you're going to run 2 watts or 3 watts sideband, you might as well just shoot yourself now because you're not going to talk to anybody. You really need to run 20 or 30 watts to reliably – make your five or six soda contacts. So the 857 does fit in that space pretty well. And frankly, the KX3 is kind of on the bubble because it's 10 or 12 watts max. And that's okay, um, but it's even it's a little bit low. So and in fact, what a lot of people are looking for in that kind of portable uh, backpack configuration is back to the mention of the 817. Now, the 817 only being a couple watts uh, but you can go get a little power amplifier on eBay for like, uh, you know, a hundred bucks or two hundred bucks or so, and that thing will put out thirty or forty watts. So that's becoming a fairly popular workaround. What about um, as we continue on here? What about uh, tabletop ham shack rigs? Rigs that are going to stay on your on your shack desk. Um, mine is was made the year I graduated high school, so you know. You guys can talk about expensive rigs. Boy, you know the first the first question is what what sort of price range? Because there's well, there's so many. I mean, really, the the hard part about this question is that today, no nobody makes a bad radio. Uh, Icom, Kenwood, Yesu, Elacraft, Tentec, uh, you know, Alinco, you name it. And while there's better than others. You know, you can't buy – if you bought any of their current models brand new, none of them are bad radios, even the 857. They're really not bad. Um, so then you kind of get into, well, how much money do you want to spend right. for the for the feature set? Yeah, and, you know, So th- maybe, this maybe being, the place to – Well, go, go ahead, George. I don't want to cut you off. I was say maybe the place to start is like look at the lower end of the price spectrum. Like let's say under two grand, what what would you look at? There you go. Because, you know, we are new guys, talking to new guys rather, and uh, – a lot of those guys, two thousand dollars. I mean, you know, the, I get divorce papers when the the warranty cards return. So, uh, let's talk about that. You know, sub two thousand dollars. What are we going to put on top of the, the uh, desk in the shack? So, I want to add one small caveat to that because I agree that there are all these different price levels. I think, though, at a certain point, when you look across these price levels, you start looking at features. And the reason I say this is that. Um, my vote for the under $2,000 range would actually probably still be my vote for many other price classes. The Kenwood TS590SG um, generally has a receiver that is recognized to be better than the uh, the ASU FT5000 and the FT9900 or 9000, which are multi-five $10,000 radios. So if you care about that as your primary concern... You, you can actually buy, a, for that matter, the KX3 has a better receiver than those radios. 
Um, so I, I think that it matters more when you start looking at what other features do those radios bring that maybe a contester cares about that you can't get with the the Kenwood. So <clears throat> purely from a uh, a receiver performance perspective, my vote is the the TS five ninety SG. You have the built-in sound card, uh, which is via USB, which is pretty nice. And you can actually, I think it comes with a handle. So it's actually a fairly small rig that you could take portable if you wanted to. George, where would you spend you know, your I, money? Boy, I, I've, by the way, I've never used the 590, but the people I know who have them have been very, very happy with them. Um, and, and, they, and they very consistently say what you just mentioned, Jeremy. Jeremy, it's a very... Good performing radio, especially for that price point. Um, it, for me, I think if I were looking at a low cost, i.e., under a thousand dollar brand new radio for my first radio, um, that's kind of a tough call because I, I I think I would avoid the very cheapest models, like the Icon Seven Eighteen. Uh, which is their lowest end radio is really a, I mean, it's really not such a hot rig. It's okay, but like the 7200 is going to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, I would kind of look at that or the maybe the TS 480, but in the one to two thousand dollar range, um, maybe the Yasu FT 1200. Um, but I would probably go with Jeremy on the Kenwood. I think that's a really solid choice. I, I, I think it's a very good pick. Yeah, I think if you don't need the space on your desk, you know, any of the larger radios would be fine. If you need something with a detachable head, I'm probably going to go with the TS-480. But uh, everybody that I know that has the 590 just just adores them. So, you know, I've got an 850, so mine goes back a couple of years. I love it. And and I'm not really looking for another HF rig unless it's an Ellicraft KX-3. Well, and and if you kind of go above the two thousand dollar range, then you kind of get into the K three, um, which I think would be a serious contender. Uh, if you're a CW guy, um, it's really hard to beat the K three. It it it's QSK break in CW is is um, fantastic. It, it's as smooth as silk. Um, kind of really hard to beat. And actually, te- technically, you could get into a, a, a K3 for under two grand um, and then add features as your budget allows over time. And that is one thing that's really nice about that line of radios is that y- you can start as an investment. And Elecraft has demonstrated time and time again their commitment to the long-term viability of their radios. I mean, when they released the new K3S, there were components that <clears throat> were backported to the K3 uh, so that there were people who could improve the performance without having to buy a whole new rig. One other one that I would take a look at, um, if I remember correctly, this sells below $3,000. But I think the Yaesu FTDX 3000 is an awful nice radio. I think you get a lot of features in a single package. Um, <clears throat> you get a nice band scope. You get waterfall display. You have decoding of like RIDI PSK31CW um, on a very nice bright screen. And the receiver in it is just phenomenal. Um, it's it's very pleasing to listen to. Uh, I can't speak for its uh, CW performance, um, but I know that it, that is another well loved and fully featured radio. You know, before we um, go, for, go, go ahead, go ahead, George. Just one that's like really close to that too is the IC seventy six hundred. That's kind of the low end of their top of the range radios. Uh, that's about three grand. I think it's pretty competitive with that. Um, very nice user interface. 
very smooth. It really, uh, it's a beautiful radio. Cool. And, and just for the guys who are, we just totally wanted to make go go outside and throw up or something because of these dollar figures. Uh, if you're coming in under those figures, uh, check out the IC seven eighteen, like George said. Also, the Alinco uh, SRT eight, I believe, is the actual call or the sign, the number on that one. Uh, both of those are entry level rigs. You're getting an entry level rig, but uh, that may be what you're looking for. Uh, we're Actually, just- I'll throw. Kale, I'll throw something out about the 718. Sure. I wouldn't even look at the 718. I would look at a Yesu, uh, the latest version of the FT450D. Yes. I owned one of these for a short while. And for there are a few things that I don't like about it. Um, I had some challenges getting it to work with a digital audio interface. But for the receiver and the filtering you got at the price point, especially now, yes. Um, it is a much better performing radio than the the 718, and that that is from my personal experience. Well, point well taken, and I always forget about that one, and I've got a buddy of mine actually wanting to buy one of those, and I keep forgetting about it. But, yeah, uh, we've got friends in the club that have them, and, and everybody that uses them loves them. So, you know, there there's there's something for everybody in every, uh, every single budget out there. If Kel can have more than one HF rig, I've got two. They're both older than a lot of my kids, all of my kids. I guess I don't think I have any more kids, but uh, anyway, um, they they're out there. Even there's some nice used rigs too. So you got questions? We'll always have uh, room for our show comments that you can hit on the web page at photonpodcast.com. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes as we continue chatting about what you need this year in your stocking for Christmas. It's the shopping list show. It's episode number thirty nine. Kill George and Jeremy back in a bit. Hi everybody, it's Christine at Main Trading Company in Paris, Texas. We just want to take a moment to say thanks to all of you guys for your support throughout the years. Six years in business now. After four different locations, the addition of our very own post office, ham radio and local honey just seem to go together. Main Trading Company, celebrating six years in the ham radio business. Thanks for all your support. We're back. It is episode number 39. I'm Kel here with George and Jeremy, and it is the Shopping List Show, as we have told you multiple times over the last half hour. Uh, we want to continue on about HF, but we're going to talk about uh, some antennas and some accessories that you may want to be thinking about when you're planning your next your next HF purchase. Uh, antennas, George, you guys, uh, you and Nick did the pack antenna. I love mine. The club loved it. I made them a believer on field day. Uh, give me some ideas on some antenna gifts or purchases we need to make you know for well of course a pack tenna for portable what you know what else would you want right <laughs> um but uh, for the home for a permanent installation i think on the uh, on the kind of cost conscious side i would go with either a vertical or a wire antenna uh, verticals are nice because they're easy to put up they t- take one mount uh, point and uh, depending on the antenna may or may not need a lot of big radials typically they do um, I've got a, a 5B TV, which is an ancient design by today's standards, but you know it's a it's a multi-band trap vertical, and it's it's not the world's best antenna, but it's perfectly serviceable and it's easy to install. So uh, that's pretty good. There's a lot of crazy um, uh, quote no radial antennas, which which are kind of um, have more mechanical components and are taller than than the quarter wave uh, antennas are, but uh, like the R5, the R8 uh, are pretty decent antennas. So I'd probably look for something like that. Uh, what do you think, Jeremy? 
Well, this is an area that I am mostly ignorant of, given that um, I don't really have much experience with uh, commercially made antennas. Mine are more on the the portable side. And yes, I I will recommend um, on the portable side to take a look uh, at Pactenna. Uh, I also have been a a fan of BuddyPole, as that was my primary means of operating for the last like six years. Um, I've gotten into NFEDs from PAR or LNR Precision now um, out of necessity. Uh, They work fine enough, I suppose. But at the end of the day, where I'm coming from, which is even more cost conscious, a uh, spool of like 22-gauge wire and a ballon um, to make your own dipoles. That's that's kind of the the side of things that I'm coming at these days. Um, You know, I I, I can't – I don't really have any knowledge or experience I can recommend like what tower to go and buy and what – quad band beam of course i guess uh you know for those who have all the land and all the money in the world um the step ir antennas or the hex beams are pretty popular what do you think about those yeah very much i i know um several people who put up hex beams and have managed to uh remain married which is sort of a feat in itself (laughs) uh but they're they're good antennas and fairly low wooden load for as big as they are uh so those are pretty good uh, I think the step by R is is a great design idea, a little more modern than the usual trapped uh, Yagi. Uh, but um, you know, back to your point about the the wire antennas. Um, funny thing is, a lot of people have a very odd natural uh, sense that if you throw money at an antenna, it'll work, um, and that's. Not necessarily true. I mean, I, there's a lot of crazy little compact antennas that cost a lot of money that are just awful as compared to a piece of wire. So, I I think if there's if there's one antenna uh, thought I would leave people with is is um, put up as close as you can to a full size wire antenna, like a full size wire dipole or inverted V, and the performance will be better than any loaded shortened antenna that's ten times the cost. Well, the problem there, guys, is we as a uh, society now think it's better if we buy it before we make it. And, you know, that's just kind of where it seems that everything's going. Uh, But I have to agree with you both. I have had more contacts uh, on HF with a random wire antenna at eight feet above the ground than I've had with, with any vertical that I've had out here, any specialized dipole. Uh, the wire antenna just works, get you a ballon, get you some coax or ladder line either way. And look, the, the you can get on the internet and, and type what bands you want to make it for. And the, the, the plans are there. Buy one of the ARRL books, go to the library, rent one out from the library or whatever. But the plans are there. They're very easy to make, very cost effective to make. And you will be surprised at what you can actually do with just a piece of wire. Exactly. And I mean, that's and that's the experience we had with the Pactenna. I mean, we had people sending us emails saying, wow, this is a fabulous antenna. And it just cracks me up because like it's a dipole. It, yeah. it, it, you make, it, make it yourself. I mean, there's there's no magic dust. There's <laughs> there's no unobtainium involved in the connections. Yeah. Uh, it's it's just getting a full size antenna in place and wire lets you do that. So if you're lucky enough to have the space to put up a 40 meter dipole or a 20 meter dipole or even a single support inverted V, it's going to work great. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that is something, especially for new hams who are 
intimidated by the thought of building their own radio, which you shouldn't be. I mean, there's a lot of wonder, like we said, QRP. Oh, we didn't mention kits. Tons of great QRP kits out there these days. Um, so, but building your own antenna is something that anybody could do. Yeah, my kids um, can build an antenna. Even if you don't antenna. know it. You don't need to know anything about electronics, and you could build a good antenna. Yeah, yeah. And if you've got room, you know, I mean, you could, like you said, you could put. Uh, I, I've got room to put multiple wavelength loops up, and I don't have any of them done. But I also have a tower laid out here waiting to go up with an old. Um, I don't remember what it is now, Tribander Yagi. But uh, friends in the club have the big stepper IRs. They love them, and uh, they're they're performers. And you know, I've got people in the club as well that are, you know. Just uh, just a ballad and some wire, be a good podcast time. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, yeah. So uh, there, there's all all sorts of ways to solve the antenna problem. But you know, people say you always hear before you spend money on a rig, spend your money on an antenna, which is a good a good way to let folks know how important a good antenna is for what you're trying to accomplish. But I think that could kind of make folks not really see what you're trying to say, and that be that being your antenna is going to make or break your setup. And even a wire antenna will be a great performer if it's done the proper way. Exactly. And, and really, I, I, the way I would phrase it is put up the very best antenna you can. I mean, in my case, I would love to have a tower, uh, but I'm not. I mean, I'm in a, um, you know, in a residential neighborhood where, while I probably could get away with a short mast and a, and a beam on it, um, I just don't have the time, and the and I don't and I I can't put up a big tower, so I don't. But uh, and so I have to live with a vertical, and that's you know good enough. Um, I can make contacts with it. Hey, by the way, I'm I made about 25 uh, contacts in the uh, CQ Worldwide SSB contest a couple weeks back, and about 20 of them got uh, responded to in my logbook of the world, hearkening back to our logbook logging discussion mm-hmm. and i think i picked up like 10 new countries fantastic Congratulations. Um, and it all happened with logbook of the world how about that it's the first time it happened so it's very cool awesome now we've we've touched on antennas which i mean god that could be four or five different programs which we probably should investigate in the future now let's talk about some accessories because uh my wife thinks that she buys a pair of earrings and she needs a pair of shoes a new purse a new pair of jeans or whatnot uh, it's not just one thing Oh, and it kind of goes the same way with these radios that we're talking about, these HF rigs. What are some nice accessories that you may want to consider when you're getting into your HF rig? Well, the first thing I'd mention about accessories is going from rigs and antennas to accessories for this time of year is an important distinction because it's really hard for someone to to buy a present that's a radio or an antenna because it's such a personal choice. Um and most gift givers are going to have little idea what the person wants. Right. When you start getting into the accessories, now you're kind of in the zone where, you know, someone could buy this as a really nice present. Um, one of the things that, although this is very personal too, one of the things I would say would be a CW paddle. Uh, and there's a whole range of them. And it's the reason I think a CW paddle is a great gift is because it's a little more expensive than a lot of people will spend on themselves. But maybe not too much for a for a gift. Mm. Uh, I mean, we're talking a hundred to three hundred dollars. You can go more, of course, but you know, one to two hundred dollars for a really nice paddle would make a a, a lovely gift. What is what is a, okay? I, I'm interested. 
don't sell me, but give me a couple of different brands I could put in front of Carla to say, hey, I'd like to have one of these for Christmas this year. Oh, well, there's there's a lot of uh, brands. Uh, interestingly, Vibraplex, uh, which is a name that's been around since the 20s, is is uh, has been bought and is being uh, manufactured. So that's one brand. Um, Bencher is a very popular paddle brand. Kent Keys are, are very popular. Uh, if you want to go, I would say, at the high end to w- what I would consider the very best keys that are made – um, there's a company called Begali out of uh, Italy that makes beautiful uh, keys. Now, these are keys, by the way, that once you have one of these, you, you could use that key for the rest of your ham radio life. Yeah, yeah. They don't, you know, they don't wear out. These are um, really well made and and really uh, beautiful instruments. Jeremy, don't there's you actually, go, go ahead, Jeremy. I was going to say there's actually one more kind of higher end, like mid to higher end key. Um, out there that's American made, and uh, that is N3ZN. Um, I first found him at Dayton two years ago. I'm sure he's been there longer. Um, but I actually really like the action of his keys. And what's cool is you can get them in custom paint schemes. Um, so that's another one to look at. November 3, uh, Z November. Um, another good one to look at, by the way, is American Morris. That's a website, uh, and they have several different paddles there. To, to take a look at and um, paddles come in a lot of varieties you know iambic paddles straight keys uh bugs i mean there's a lot of different configurations that's another show topic that we probably should try to tackle in 2016 coming up um all right so uh, as i'm looking at the, the, our list here i'm thinking about some things uh that are near and dear to me needing right now i've got all these rigs in the shack uh, i've got some really nice power supplies but i really don't have a way to distribute the power like i want to and uh, before a key, this may be what I asked for for Christmas, and that's some sort of rig runner or something. <clears throat> Any experience with those guys, Jeremy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've used pretty much everything they have. And for those who aren't familiar, this is basically a, uh, aluminum en- an aluminum cl- enclosure with uh, multiple power pole, uh, fused power pole connections on it. They're wonderful. They're neat. They're handy. Um, I wish I had been a little bit more prepared because they released a new one this year um, yes. that's a little bit harder to uh, get your hands on. I'm actually Googling it right now if we can stall. But the cool thing about this is is uh, not only does it have numerous uh, of your normal uh, connectors on it, but it also has USB and a built-in um, voltage and current display as well. sells for about $170, I think, and I'm not finding the model. You know, the one that's kind of attracted me, is I'll, I'll come in here with this, uh, is the one that has the connectors on the bottom <clears throat> instead of coming straight mm-hmm. out. I like the ones that come out of the bottom. I'm picturing that under the desk in my shack, you know, coming up from the bottom to plug things in instead of having it head on. So it keeps that bend out of your wire. And it would seem to me that it would maybe keep things connected a little bit easier, a little bit better if you're not using the uh, the, the the roll pins in there. That could be. I, I I think that's a better arrangement myself too. I like that. Uh, although we, I I don't. I was going to say, will we Sorry, see Grant. one of those in uh, in Hamshack V two dot Oh, in Hamshack V two, I've I've got um, yeah. I'm I'm sort of uh, West Mountain radioed up. I, I've <laughs> I've got I've got the power gate 
for the battery backup system. I've got the the um, oh, what is it? The PowerWorks uh, switching supply. I've got the rig renders for power distribution. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, one other thing while we're on that is if you're doing an emergency power system with all those things, you might want to put a battery booster in there. And the battery booster basically is a little switching supply that takes the battery voltage and bumps it up to whatever you want the output to be, like 13.8 or 14 volts, which sucks a little bit extra current out of the battery but keeps the right terminal voltage at all times at the radio. Um, and there's um, there's a brand I, I'll look up, uh, the, a fellow that makes excellent. Is it, is it N8XJK? Yes, yes yep. that's the one. That's the only one to buy. Uh, there's there's another company that makes mighty fine junk that um, is I would not get that one. I would get the one from the N8 guy. Yeah, so it's November 8 X-Ray um, Juliet Kilo. And, uh, yeah, I actually own one of those, and they are pretty phenomenal. The only thing – I've actually stopped using it, though, because – if you're not paying attention, you end up zapping your battery below 10.5 volts and without even realizing it. So, um, But it is a way to get more energy and usage out of your battery. The one that I've got, I'm pretty sure has a low-voltage disconnect. So maybe there's a maybe it's a newer model. Cool. That'd be worth checking out um, to make sure it's got that feature. Because I was concerned about putting an LVD in the circuit to make sure it didn't kill the battery uh, because it will take it down eventually. So you really need that disconnect in there. And I found the model number for the rig runner I was talking about. It is the 4007U, uh, and it looks like the price has come down to about 150 You know, and this is, these are the things that are like the least sexy things in the world to buy. I mean, some, some folks would rather get on Amazon and buy, you know, a $29 handy talkie just so they can have another radio. These are the kind of gifts that you can put on your list and give to somebody to buy for you. Uh, because, like George said, you know, you may not want to drop 180 bucks on power distribution, you know, insert yawn emoji here. But, you know, I mean, really, I mean, you think about it, I'd rather spend 170 bucks on a, another two-meter mobile rig or whatever. But these are the kind of things, uh, these rig runners, these battery boosters, these are the kind of things that you can tell your spouse Hey, I'd, I'd really like to your kids. I'd really like to have something like this this year. If you want to buy me something, I don't need any more underwear. Okay, I don't wear ties anymore. <laughs> um, so uh, here's here's my list. So the rig runners, battery boosters, a nice uh, paddle, uh, not that kind of paddle, a paddle to do CW <laughs> would be a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> whatever floats your boat, but it'd be a lot of fun to put on the list and have that present open up. I know that when I turned forty years old, Carla bought me my HF rig. My, my Kenwood, and it was a really awesome gift. Uh, you know, it was old, and but it was what I wanted, and I'm still excited about it. So, anyway, let's uh, let's keep the ball rolling here. Uh, any more accessories that we may want to think about for the HF HF gas you making know, purchase? Well, one of the things that I think I personally did not appreciate until I had it, um, and oddly enough, it was a gift, was a headset. Now, at my personal where I am with my ham radio career. I was gifted a um, a Heil Pro set, but before that, I was using a Yamaha CM500. And of course, it's a headset. You can get them with stereo with one or two speakers uh, that go over your ear, and then it has a, a boom microphone. Uh, then there are is a myriad of accessories you use to connect it to your radio and give you a push-to-talk switch via the hand or the foot switch. Um, 
but they they really are useful, especially uh, in in contesting environments or at field day. Very, very, very good suggestion, and uh, I can see where that would work a lot better than somebody's iPod uh, white earphones. Besides, you look a lot more masculine with a big set of full coverage headphones than you would your white earbuds. Of course, I like the guys. Um, Kale, you and I know some folks who have converted some of the Dave Clark uh, oh, yeah. aviation headsets uh, yeah. to go to their radios. Yeah, just the same same guy that painted his uh, seventy two hundred green. We won't call Greg out on the air, but we love you, man. <laughs> hey, here's another one to throw in there. Uh, I met a fella at Pacificon uh, back in October, and he has a company called Arlan Communications, A-R-L-A-N, and he has a line of headsets called Radio Sport Headsets, and they're really well made. They're not cheap, but um, they're very nice. They are really, I would say, professional-grade um headsets uh heil i I use all heil headsets but the heil headsets are kind of plasticky in my opinion um they they could be better uh the radio sport uh headsets i think are a little bit better quality um well there goes my invitation to ham nation thanks george (laughs) oh bob heil's a great guy just kidding bob keep them rolling in headsets i have three of them so uh, but I think the next headset I buy, I'd probably get one of these Radio Sport headsets. They're really nice. I, I'd never seen them before uh, I saw them at Pacificon, but they're very nice. And the guy who designs them um, has done work for uh, aviation headset design and stuff like that in the past. So it's it's good stuff. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Let's, um, let's break here for just a sec. Guys, we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about VHF, UHF. And uh, we're going to start there with the base and mobile. So we'll be back in just a second. You're listening to episode number 39, the special edition shopping show for your Christmas needs. Coming back in just a sec. All right, so we're back. We're going to talk about UHF, VHF, actually in the opposite order, VHF, UHF. I'm not sure why I always say it that that way, but it's okay. It's Kale, George, Jeremy. We're here trying to help you spend your money this year as we come into the Black Friday sales. Yes, Black Friday sales, mtcradio.com does it, as does everybody else. Even the Photon Podcast web store will have Black Friday deals. So make sure you check that out as well. All right, so uh, we're going to talk about monoband rigs. And when guys get licensed initially, uh, the first thing they do is buy one of those throwaway Chinese handy talkies. We've talked about those to death, and we'll talk about them again later. Uh, but the second thing we try to encourage everybody to do is at least pick up a two-meter rig uh, if two meters happening in your area. We've talked about this before. Uh, give me your top three, Jeremy. Or if you don't have three, I'll take two of a VHF mobile slash base station. For so for monoband VHF only, um, I think we we kind of covered this last year, and mm-hmm. honestly, nothing has changed. It is still the Kenwood TM two eighty one or the Yesu FT nineteen hundred. Okay. Yep, I agree. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. It is. I mean, the grand they got the twenty nine hundred, and you can almost buy the the FT twenty nine hundred for the same price for whatever reason. It's a seventy five watt brick, uh, and then ICOM has got uh, what a twenty three hundred, and then the eighty eight or eight eighty or whatever it's called. Uh, no, but, no, no. But They've I go got back. The, uh, what is? Sorry, it? it's the it's the V eight thousand, but okay. it's it's a seventy five watt radio. Okay, mil spec. Oh, actually, it's discontinued. No. Yeah. Oh man. 
my buddy be hating that in Charlotte. Okay, so uh, but but I think we can all agree that the Kenwood TM two eighty one, even though it does not have a squelch knob on the front face, it does have the front firing speaker, which is awesome. Uh, the FT nineteen hundred, which is a just sweet little radio design, gives you the squelch knob and a bottom firing speaker. But it's a great rig from Yesu. So either of those, if you see anything like that on Black Friday deal, and you're looking for a two meter mobile, don't hesitate to buy either the nineteen hundred or the TM two eighty one from Kenwood. Uh, and and just to throw this out there, I've been speaking with the folks from BridgeCon Systems. They're working up a two twenty rig. That'll be a 220 single band rig, which would be pretty cool because 220 seems to be growing in popularity around the nation. More details on that coming up. So, so this, go ahead. this just this just in, you kind of just referenced it, but the 2900 is the same price as the 1900 for 25 more watts of output. Yeah, but it's a bigger radio too. So if you need it a is, small radio, it it's true. You know, you just kind of you got to figure out if you need. If you've got room to put your Cobra 29 LTD Classic in your truck, you probably got room for the 2900. If you're more of a Uniden 510 XL, you probably want to go with the FT9. And I'm, you know, I, that sounds funny to say that, but a lot of our guys are coming here. They've they've had CBs in their Jeeps, and they're kind of trying to figure out what they would have the, you know, the size wise. The 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 2900 by Yezu is a bigger radio, and um, they're they're both they're both knockout radios. Kenwood TM281. It's a nice rig, too. So um, let's talk about multi band radios. Uh, we all have our favorites. I have mine now officially in my Millennium Falcon. It is a Kenwood TMV71 Alpha. It has far surpassed what I really thought it could be. And I think that uh, you guys like those as well as some others. George, what are your favorite uh, dual band or multi band radios? I, well, first off, I totally agree on the 71. I think that's a great radio. It's fairly easy to use, very good performance. I've always had really good luck with Kenwood VHF, UHF radios, so I would for sure agree with that. The other thing I would look at is uh, there's a new ICOM that I have not used yet, but it looks promising. It's the IC2730A, uh, so it's basically competing with uh, Kenwood 71. Um, I, I would certainly give that a serious look. I don't believe it does D-Star uh, or has the option to do it, um, but it does have Bluetooth, uh, so you can run a Bluetooth uh, earpiece on the radio. And if I were going to go a little bit higher end uh, on features, I would get the ID5100. The 5100 is a GPS receiver. It's got D-Star, big display, um, that's a, a great, great radio, and they're on uh, their prices down to about five something. I have to look it up, but I think uh, Jeremy, I think you were looking at the price on that, weren't you, recently? Um, I'm pulling it up now. So MTC has it for five eighty nine. Although I actually have to disagree with the selection of that radio for an eight and advanced quote unquote digital radio. Um, I own a 5100, but that's because I'm a D-Star user. I actually would pick the FTM, uh, the the Yaesu FTM 400, which is the System Fusion radio. And the reason I would do that wow. is, uh, yeah, no, and but first of all, it's 100 bucks cheaper to start. And that's before the additional rebate from Yaesu, which makes it almost another 100 bucks cheaper. So with the rebate, it's almost $200 cheaper than the ICOM. Even if you don't have System Fusion in your area, the radio has full, full uh, APRS capabilities, has a built-in GPS, a full screen or full color touchscreen display, 
and it has an honest to god packet port on the back which the new uh, icom radios do not have neither the 5100 nor the 2370 or whatever it is so i think for the money that the ftm 400 is most definitely a better value in high-end advanced uh radio so i'll i will partly agree with that i i think if that's the feature set that you want it's it's probably the way to go. I've I've got an FTM 400 as part of the Yesu uh, DR1 repeater beta program. Uh, they provided us with a mobile radio, so I played with it for quite a while. And I got to tell you, pound for pound, radio for radio, I think the ID 5100 is a better radio. It's a I think it's a better receiver. Uh, I think it's it sounds better. Um, just on on basic analog FM feature set, I think the ID one ID fifty one hundred is better. Although, for two hundred bucks, you know the four hundred is a perfectly fine radio. I mean, it's it's a beautiful display. Um, the display on the fifty one hundred sucks because it sucks it's a big gr- time. <laughs> it's gray. It's not just monochrome. It's, it's gray and kind of washed, washed out. out gray. Wow. Yeah, that was a big miss. I mean, if uh, I got to tell you a quick story, when the fifty one hundred came out, uh, my uh, my friend Rich bought one, and when he was at HRO, he called me up and said, "Do you want it the radio?" And I said, "Yes, buy one for me." So he bought it, and I took one look at it, and I took it back. and And it took me about a year before I went back and bought it again. Uh, I just couldn't get past the stupid display. Well, but I have, to, I have to add to that, though. Uh, it sounds like you like me because I was an early adopter, so I paid probably a hundred bucks more for the radio than it is now. Mm-hmm. And the stupid thing did not come with a mobile mounting bracket. And I had to spend an extra $80 to ICOM for the privilege of owning a mobile, mount, 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 <laughs> mobile mounting bracket. In fact, it was so bad that um, the uh, the GM at HRO in Woodbridge, Virginia, actually had a local fabrication shop start making them. Then he was selling them out of his uh, out of his shop because people weren't buying them. Wow. Now, that, that's a... Now it's the 5100 Deluxe, and all the Deluxe means is that it comes with the mounting bracket that it should have come with from the get-go. Yeah, so I, I got mine when the Deluxe was out. And and I must tell you that it's a great radio. Um, so I think it kind of boils down to do you care about which network if you're in digital mode or do you want APRS, those sort of features. And that really – you can't go wrong with either radio. Um, and if you're using it primarily as a conventional FM radio, then it's just a matter of do you like the display or do you want a little bit cheaper or what? Um, so, I mean, it, this kind of goes back to one thing I said early, early in the show, which is these are all really good radios. I mean, the, the, none of these are, are, are bad radios. These yeah. are all really good. It just kind of depends on what you want. And there's now on the high, the, the Kenwood. High, sorry. Uh, go ahead. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to address is the Kenwood, the lowly which I can't believe I'm saying that because the set, the Kenwood TM710 now G which was their full TNC APRS radio with the big beautiful display um at 600 bucks it's hard for me to recommend somebody that radio unless you just hate system fusion so much because for saving the 200 bucks um you get almost well you get all the APRS functionality you don't get the full TNC so I guess I'll say that the recommendation for that radio for the 710G is if you need a full TNC out of the box with a radio, then go the Kenwood route. If you just want APRS because you want tracking in your vehicle, I would say go the ASU route because with the FTM 400, you can get that. Yeah. 
and it's uh, it's a lot of money saved. It's a lot of money saved. Uh, but if you if you want just a really nice dual bender, does cross band repeat? It's hard to beat the Kenwood TMV seventy one A. That's that, money that's well spent. A sweet radio. Oh, I'm I so think, excited. I think that's to have kind of the, That's a great radio. I, I want two or three more. <laughs> I love mine, man. I'm, I'm just excited to finally get something I wanted, you know, so it's, I kind of sit out there in the truck sometimes and just look at it. It's a pretty cool radio, dude. Thanks, man. All right. So, so, you, know, you know what works great with crossband repeat? What's that? HTs. Yeah, and let's talk about those next. Right see, now. See what, see what I did there? Uh, yeah, that was good. You're a professional communicator. Uh, well, you know, we've got HTs now. HTs range from anywhere from twenty, well, $16, $18 if you talk about the 888 or the 8, whatever that is. That's the UHF bad joke from uh, from China. But uh, just get it out of the way. If you're coming into the hobby and you want to buy a cheap radio from Amazon.com, don't buy the UV5R. Okay. Don't buy it. I don't care if it's got 17,000 accessories in 14 different colors. If you want to spend your $25 the best that you can, do what I did just a few days ago to gift a friend of mine who I'm trying to get into the hobby. I bought him a Baofeng, Pofeng, whatever it's called, UVB5. There's a difference. If you're dyslexic like me, it's hard to get it. I finally got it. UV Bravo 5. It's got the best front end. It's a jamming little radio. And uh, that's the the cheap alternative. Let's talk about better radios than that one, though. Where do we want to start? Hey, I got a trivia question for you. Sure. What does HT mean? Hang in there. <laughs> Close. <clears throat> uh, Surely, I, I, one of you guys. Handy talkie. Well, I mean, handy talkie. Right. So, what's the origin of Mo- handy talkie? The Motorola. Something. Okay. Yeah, Motorola Handy Talkie. Wow. Exactly. Well, I get there beat up all the time. Amaze your friends. You know, we call them walkie-talkies in, in the fire service, and I still catch myself calling it that at times. But uh, I just try to say HT. All right, so we spent $25 on the UV B5. But, uh, okay, like Ed, we've had our cheap radio. Now we want to spend some more money to get a little bit better radio. Uh, what are some good entry-level Handy Talkie dual banders? You know, it's it's funny that the FT60 keeps coming up. That that's like the go-to answer for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I I would certainly throw that in the list because the FT60 is a good performing radio, and the thing is built like a little tank. And they're about a hundred and what hundred fifty hundred maybe less. Yeah, catch them on sale sometimes. Around there. I've been you know, I've it been notified. Like the sexiest radio in the world. Yeah. Yeah, I've been told that the little Linko uh, DJ500T is built a lot like that FT60, and I believe it may even have some waterproofing as well. It's uh, you know 100 bucks, so it would be something I would consider as well if it were me. So we got the FT60. I mentioned the Linko, Jeremy. We know that you like the FT60. Uh, any more on the uh, the the lower upper end? I know. I, because <laughs> it, it's interesting. It's not like the mobiles where there's um, Yesu still makes the VX6R, which is basically an analog only dual band, dual receive radio. Um, but from there, you pretty much jump into the high end specialty radio. So um, on the Kenwood side, you have 
Um, well, actually, I, I forgot. Kenwood still makes an analog-only tri-band, which is 2 mm. meter, 220, and 440. Uh, the TH-F6A, and actually, George, I, I introduced you to this concept last year when we did this show. Did you ever try using the sideband receiver in your F6? I did not, but I was I was amazed that it did that. Um, so I'm glad you pointed that out. But no, I never actually played with it. On the higher end, though, is the THD72, which is their D-Star radio. Um, I have owned this radio. Not, not D-Star. Radio. Not D-Star. Sorry. No, no, no. You're right. Uh, thank you. APRS. Uh, the THD72 APRS radio. Love this radio. Hate this radio. Love this radio because it has a USB port. It has a full TNC in it, and it has amazing APRS capabilities, including the ability to be hung in a tree as a standalone fill-in digipeter, which we did at field day a couple years ago just because we could. Mm. Uh, I think that's awesome. On the downside, it's not rugged, and in my personal experience, it eats through batteries pretty quickly. Um. You also then, the, the other decision here is, you know, D-Star or System Fusion. Um, and this is actually, this is probably one of the newest things. Had we, when we had this conversation last year, the System Fusion FTM1 or, or FT1M, I think that's one. Is that right, Jordan? Or uh, FT1D. The FT1D, which is kind of basically the VX8GR plus System Fusion has a built-in GPS, has built-in uh, APRS capabilities and a handy talkie. And this time last year was available for less than $300 when ICOM was still selling its uh, D-Star top-of-the-line handheld, the 51, for about 455 This year, however, the playing field is kind of level because the FT-1D, uh, if you're into System Fusion or you want an inexpensive um, dual-band APRS capable radio is available now for under 280 and main trading company has a ridiculously insane pricing compared to what the $700 I paid for it uh, on the ID 51, which is the D star top of the line radio. And they're going to do a special black Friday price. And you want to talk about that real quick. Are, are you allowed to? I can. I can. I can say this. I can't I can't put this on the internet website, but I can talk about it. Are you gonna make me even madder than you did last time I was on the show? It depends on how much you like the big antenna. Do you like the big antenna that came with your radio? So I have the anniversary edition with the big antenna, and oddly enough, I have attached that big antenna onto my uh, home patrol scanner. Ah, that's a good use for it. Well, I got the idea. Um well, actually it was the last show. Oh, okay. Somewhere where I think it was you that was talking about what they were going to start doing with the big antennas, or maybe it was in an email. Yeah. Okay. Well, the the deal is MTC has decided to if you don't want the big antenna with the anniversary ID fifty one alpha, uh, they will take it out and subtract money from the purchase price, so you get it for a better deal. Right now on their website, three hundred fourteen bucks for the ICOM ID fifty one A without the big antenna. It's a pretty smoking deal, Holy right? Cow. Yeah. All right, check this out. Black Friday, through the Black Friday weekend, on their website, if you buy the ICOM ID51A without the big antenna, they knock another 15 bucks off, $299 for the ICOM ID51 Alpha Black Friday special, mtcradio.com. 
And I'm not sure if they're going to promote that or if it's just Kel getting to promote it. You'll have to, I don't know how Richard's going to play that, but I do know that for $299, you can buy the ICOM ID 51A without the big antenna from MTC radio over the black Friday weekend. That's pretty and, hot. It, well, it, is that the 51A or the anniversary? It's the, uh, I, I think it's the anniversary. Oh, if it doesn't have the big antenna, it's the, the the reason this is important is because that has all of the new upgrades. So the ability to do analog repeater lookup based on GPS location, whereas the original 51 could only look up D-Star repeaters. Ah, okay. And also this new medium speed uh, 3840 data only mode uh, was introduced in that radio as well. Uh, so I, I'm calling it playing field level. Yeah. Yeah, and if you want the deal, you got you got to probably call them and tell Richard or Danielle or or Tammy or whoever answers the phone that you want the full time deal for two hundred ninety nine bucks on the Icom fifty one. They'll know what you're talking about. Let me about. throw in one one comment on that radio. If 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 you're it's D Star, that's the radio to get. If you're not into D Star, that could still be the radio to get. Forget D Star for the moment. As as an analog conventional FM HD goes, that's an excellent radio. It's a it's a great receiver. Audio sounds really good. The only thing it doesn't have that I find irritating is it does not have a full DTMF keypad. Mm-hmm. So having the programming software is really super helpful. Uh, that's the only thing that radio is missing. But otherwise, it's a great performing radio. So we've hit all the bases. And that's a great deal, guys. MTCRadio.com. Call Richard. Tell them you heard about it here on the Photon Podcast. And thank you for shopping with them. They call me all the time, man. Thank you for sending people our way. That's kind of the deal, but we're having a good time with them. Uh, We're going to talk about some more things in just a couple of minutes. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in just a few minutes. You're listening to episode number 39, the Photon Podcast. Kale, Jeremy, George, we're helping you spend and save your money back in a few. This portion of the Photon Podcast is brought to you by ICOM America and their fine line of equipment found at mtcradio.com. If you're looking for some great gear, make sure you check out mtcradio.com. Click on the ICOM tab. You won't be disappointed. Again, it's mtcradio.com. And then we can all ask, whose show is this anyway? Yeah, it's the listeners' program. It's on first. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It's Kale. It's the infield. All right, uh, yeah, we're we're back on the Photon Podcast. Kel, Jeremy, George, we're uh, we're doing some stuff here. We want to get uh, get moving on. We've been talking about VHF, UHF, handy talkies, and mobile radios. Uh, we've got some non-radio gift that we can talk about if we want well, to. Kel, I, I got one more thing sure. I want to slip in there based on the listening episode that we did. All right, uh, short and sweet. If you are interested in uh, getting introduced to the scanning hobby, uh, the analog or digital scanning hobby, and you don't want to have to learn what's you know all this software is and what a uh, what a NAC is and the different types of Motorola systems, you you just want something you can listen to. Uh, I, I'll just go ahead and throw out the recommendation for the Unit in Home Patrol Two for about four seventy. Uh, gives you. Most of the latest digital, um, uh, what's the word I'm trying to use? Non-encrypted? Yes, non-encrypted digital modes in use for public safety and whatnot, as well as uh, full analog capabilities. 
Um, this is not their top of the line radio. Therefore, it is also not priced at their top of the line, but it's simple to use. You, you use it by entering a zip code and saying, I want to hear stuff within a radius. And then you go into a list and say, I want to listen to police. I don't want to listen to fire. I don't want to listen to public works. I do want to listen to school stuff. You know, you, you, you uh, turn things on and off by service, but it's uh, a pretty powerful scanner. Um, that's dead simple to use. And uh, in fact, I, I use mine quite a bit today. So I just want to throw that out. The Unit and Home Patrol 2. Very very good hey, Um I've sort of been out of the scanner thing for a while. I'm curious, if if it has the access to the data, do you, first of all, do you have to have some kind of internet connection to get the data or is it pre-programmed? So there is a software package for the radio uh, you plug it in, you run the update once a week, and it pulls down a copy of the radio reference database. Now, to your point, which you're you're kind of hinting at, the top-of-the-line radio, the Bearcat um, 536HP, actually has a Wi-Fi dongle that plugs into the back of it so that you can control and listen to the radio from your smartphone. But it would have been so easy for them to just pull the data of the database automatically, uh, but they didn't do that. Did you say automatically mm, yeah. or automagically? Automagically, of course, sir. Okay. I, I mean, that sounds cool to me. I just was curious. I like that. I didn't realize you could do that. So you're kind of cheating with your smartphone and your scanner. That's pretty slick. Pretty yeah, slick. so I mean, like, um, a lot of people will leave them at home. Um, I actually know of one person who has the scanner hidden in the trunk of his car, and he uses his smartphone as the quote-unquote head unit for it. Ah, because he lives in Virginia and you can't have a scanner. Well, you can if you have an amateur radio license. Well, that's true. All right, so um, we, we spent their money at the scanner. Uh, they have a handheld unit for the Home Patrol as well, which is pretty slick. They're about 400 bucks as well, so it's, uh, it's money well spent. If you don't need all the bells and whistles, uh, you can find a nice analog scanner for anywhere from you know 75 to $150. And we've got those uh, all over the Internet. Um, Non-radio gift guide. This is something that... Um, this this would be kind of fun to talk about. Uh, George, where do you want to go with this? How do you want to start this up? So I think um, this is a good thing to think about. When we, when we think about a ham radio gift, we think about you know a key or a coax or some, something very ham radio-ish. But there's a lot of stuff that we need as hams that is not specifically radio. Um, and that could be things as simple as a really good soldering iron. You know, everybody eats a really good soldering iron, and it's one of those things again where, if you go out and buy it yourself, you might buy the you know the cheap one because you don't want to spend the money. But for a gift, if someone wants to give you a nice present for a few bucks more, they could get a really nice one and one that you'll use for a very very long time. Can I? And having that, it's really worth it. Can I comment on that? Yeah. So to this point, I wholeheartedly for about a hundred bucks. Um, Hako, H-A-K-K-O. They're these very funny-looking purple and yellow soldering uh, stations. But specifically, the FX888 Delta. For about 100 bucks, you get a temperature-controlled soldering iron that is so good that it made me realize I had been soldering incorrectly my entire life. (laughs) I'm not kidding about this because I've always just used the little Radio Shack 20-watt pencil or like I had the one that could do 15 or 45 watts. Um, No, having a precision 
temperature-controlled soldering iron is an absolute game changer. And there's an entire library of different tips you can get for it. You can get fat tips. You can get surface mount tips. Um, it comes with a little station that has your iron holder, plus it comes with the brass um, tip cleaner and a sponge. It is amazing for 100 bucks. So if you have somebody in your life who solders, do them a favor and buy the Hako FX888D or possibly even the older 888, which has an analog temperature control. I'd take either. I'm good on QRZ. So, <laughs> the the one that I use, which is similar to that, is the Weller uh, WESD51, which I think is a little bit more expensive, but I don't think it's got any better features. So I've never used the Hako Um I'll have to check that out. But but ha- having a, like you described it, having a very good uh, precise temperature control tip, uh, interchangeable tips, and having a digital display to tell you what the temperature is, is, I find that super useful. So, yeah, I think either brand would be good, but we'll have to check out that one. What They're kind of funky looking. What about a Raspberry Pi? I mean, I've got one. I still really haven't figured out how to use it. Gerald tried to help me the other day, by the way. Uh, I, I did not succeed with my mission, but... Uh, it seems like there's just loads of things I can do with this thing if I knew anything about it. Uh, I think that would be kind of cool if you didn't have one. Tell somebody just to you know throw you a bone of 35 bucks and buy a Raspberry Pi too. Yeah, totally. I mean, there's so many things you can do with them uh, in the ham world these days. Um, you can make a D-Star uh, access point with a, a little radio dongle. You could um, use it. Uh, I know some guys using SDR um, dongles on them for receiving weather facts. I mean, there are all kinds of applications out there. Yeah, there's um, the TNCX is available as a hat for the Raspberry Pi, so you can turn it into uh, an eye gate or the brains of a digipeter. Um, like George said, I, I, that's what I use for my hotspots. You can use them um, just to run the APRS software Zaster. Um, and specifically the Raspberry Pi 2 for 35 bucks. Uh, it just opens up an entire new world of experimentation and there are a lot of really good ham projects out there for them yeah, yeah. so we should do a whole nother show on um on raspberry pi and other embedded linux boards and maybe microcontrollers and stuff like that that is a really good idea because there's a really awesome uh cw keyer project out there for arduino that i've always wanted to to get look into we did a, a cw keyer for a pick um as one of our uh, Sierra Radio projects, and uh, we published all the source code and everything for that. So, um, in fact, uh, you know, maybe we should give a couple of those kits away. Oh. Um, maybe hmm. we could. Why don't we do that? We, uh, we'll throw in a couple of kits. These are uh, circuit boards and all the components, uh, microcontroller, all the parts, and little box, and an LCD display, and. Um, I think we were selling the kits for about a hundred and hundred bucks, hundred and a quarter, something like that. But um, we can give a couple away. Maybe that's our, our Black Friday shopping special for zero dollars to be your new keyer. <laughs> How's that for a deal? How are we going to give that away? How do you want to do it, George? I don't know. Well, uh, well people, you got to come up with some the people clever way to get. Right now, the people want to know. How do they do well, it? I, I, I'll, there are two options because we've, we've done this a couple times before. Number one is you could use if you have signed up to the list. Number two, you could do like I did where I said, mail me pumpkin and I'll respond to you. You could do something like that for the people who are still listening. Okay. Your, your, call, your call, Kale. All What's right. the official way to be entered to win one of these uh, Baynet 
uh, Kier kits. All right, the Sierra Radio System Kier kits. Here's here's what we're going to do. George, tell me if you like this or not. Send Kel an email, kel at amateurradio15.com. It's on the website. You probably already have it anyway. Don't Facebook message me. Don't Google plus me or Twitter. This has to come via email. Old school, okay? Old school email, kel at amateurradio15.com. Put in the subject line, turkey, because it's almost Thanksgiving. Turkey. Outstanding. It can be upper or lowercase. I will not be offended either way. I will then number everyone's email as they come in, and then I will have a randomizer pick a couple of numbers and however many kits we have to send out. We'll get your information from you to get it to George and get it to me, and wherever we need to do, we'll give them away. Subject line, Turkey, if you've made it this far, you deserve that. So make sure you email Kel at AmateurRadio15.com, and I will take your Turkey email. We'll let George baste it, and we'll get it to you. Thank wow. you, George, thank you, George. That was like the that freaking really coolest nice. things happened all night. Yeah, like that just you happened. With that, guys, that was not planned. That just came out of nowhere. That's why I was like, "Whoa!" No, <laughs> we got the best yeah, listeners awesome, and the best awesome guests. Kid. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't win and you want to buy one, George will sell you one. Sierra Radio Systems. Check it out. George has got a lot of cool stuff over there, man. Y'all got to check out George's stuff. We'll have a link to your your site, George, on the uh, the web notes again. Um, one of the George, that was like so freaking cool, man. I'm I'm having a hard time sure. getting past that right yeah. now. I'm in the I'm in the Christmas spirit, Kale. You know, I want to I want to I want to give stuff away. Well, I tell you, I want to uh, give it away. If if you if you listen to the program any length of time, you know both of these gentlemen are very very giving and very nice guys in general. So uh, it's not a surprise to me, although it was a surprise. Uh, we thank you, George, for that. Uh, one thing, getting back to the show, if we can here, let's let's turn it back turn the wheel back this direction um one of the things that i haven't purchased yet but i kind of want to buy is the new county com pocket single sideband radio it's 80 bucks and uh george i think one of the guys out there in the bay area uh edison fong i help i think he designed this thing so uh the reviews are in and everybody loves it uh, and it's you know it's like the size of maybe two packs of cigarettes tall and it's a single sideband receive uh hf portable shortwave radio have you seen those yet i've seen one but i've never played with it mm. um it looks it looks kind of like a like an old phone i'm mean, like a yeah. you know what is it like the old, like uh, an old cordless phone, phone things yep. yep exactly yep what's the what's yeah. the model number of that do you remember uh, it's like the i'd have to look five. it up gp5 there you go GP5. Yeah, so that, that's something that's on my list. Uh, another yeah, thing. There's a good stocking stuffer, actually. It'd fit in a stocking. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm going back to a rig runner because I don't have one. Really want one to put my stuff plugged into. Um, you know, so that's. Uh, I can't believe George just gave stuff away on the show. That's like so awesome. Uh, anything else that y'all want to toss in there um, before we before we keep on the, rolling here? Um, non Non radio stuff? Yeah, yeah. Kind of uh, going with George's comment about the the soldering. I, I think tools in general, because a lot of us just buy that five dollar set of screwdrivers we find at the checkout lane at the auto parts store or at Lowe's or whatever, and we're constantly losing it. And they we're stripping those bits, and then you just you know six months later you go and buy it again, right? Mm-hmm. Um, quality tools. Uh, something by like for instance, one of the greatest things I have 
are some uh, small cutters that are used for like uh, cutting uh, part leads or wire um, by Exolite. That was a wonderful gift that will always be cherished. George, what are some other good Wow. Tools? So, you know, you, you said a magic word, Exolite. Um, Exolite tools are incredibly good quality tools. Um, screwdrivers, uh, needle nose, cutters, you name it. Uh, they tend to be a little expensive, but they're very good quality. So uh, a safe bet for buying a tool for someone else is if it's an Exolite tool, you're probably going to be in good shape. So that's for sure. Um, another thing that's a really good one is a digital multimeter. Everybody needs a DMM. Um, the, they're really, really cheap these days. Uh, you can buy a very decent DMM for 20 or $30. And if you want to go really at the low end, um, go to Harbor Freight. You can get a, a very simple DMM for like 5 bucks. Yeah. So – there's no reason not to have one or two or five or 10 and just throw them in the car and throw them in the toolbox and have one in the shack. George, um, um, go, go ahead, Jeremy. No, go ahead. Go I was ahead, just, Jeremy. I was going to, I was, I was going down a different driveway, but you, I think you had something to add there. Well, I, my mind, I was going to shift, uh, shift a little bit to some more stocking stuffery yeah. stuff that it's always helpful. Um, RF connections and adapters. Hmm. The ability to go from SMA to BNC or to uh, PL259 or, or whatever, those things are always handy. Um, and if you, you put a few bucks into it and you buy something that's a little bit more than the five for a dollar uh, that you find at most ham fests, those are really useful. And also some uh, cabling. Uh, PowerWorks has a ton of different cables that go from power poles to cigarette lighter, power pole to different radios, um, power poles in general. Um, ooh, going kind of mixing power poles with tools. The power pole yes. trip. Yes. Absolutely I knew you were going there. $45, the best $45 ever spent. Stop fooling around with the $7 Harbor Freight tool <laughs> and soldering your power poles. I'll put it this way. Gerald, you cannot power pole the world if you do not own a tri-crimp. He doesn't have a crimper? No, he does not. I, I bet he does now. I bet Probably he does, now though. he does. Now that he's out of the military, he can afford one. But yeah, the tri-crimp is, uh, you want to get a ham something in their life, buy them a thousand power pole connectors in the 30 and 45 <laughs> amp size. Thousand. Now, you'll, you laugh. I you buy laugh. them by the I, 20s. I buy them by the 20s too, and then they disappear. They get used for everything. In fact, actually, uh, so I've recently entered the world of 3D printing, and I'm putting power poles on my 3D printer. <laughs> he hung around Gerald a lot. Yeah. Hey, you know what else is really a great stocking stuffer is kind of along the lines of the West Mountain Rig Runner is the PowerWorks junction blocks. So you can plug in four or eight power poles into a little block, mm, and, oh, uh, yeah. man, those things are useful. Yeah, those are neat. George, I'm looking at your uh, your stocking stuffer list here. What is a wind keyer kit? Um, that's a, a CW keyer, so you plug your paddle into it. And there's a zillion keyers out there. Uh, the one that I am going to be using here in the shack is this wind keyer. And the reason is that um, it has a serial port. And you can uh, have macros and software, and you can send text to the keyer or you can hit the paddles, and that way you can either drive it from your computer or from the paddles. And uh, Winkier, you should check out the website, 
um, if you want to build a keyer, you could just buy the keyer chip from them uh, that's pre-programmed, and you could build up a keyer around it. Or they have it all the way up to a complete uh, box and a circuit board and everything. Um, so I would use that um, uh, as a keyer. Uh, the the keyer thing that we talked about earlier, the the Sierra Radio one that we that we made, um, it's kind of a similar idea. Uh, it actually uh, can have a, a serial port on it too. So I wanted to try the wind keyer, see how theirs worked. And that's is that the Kilo One Echo Lima? Yes. Okay. That's right. Fantastic. Well, thank you for that. Never, never heard of that one before. Uh, we've, we've been on quite a while. Uh, before we get too carried away, uh, let's go with uh, if we could get something for ham radio this year in our stocking or under the tree. Jeremy, what would it be? Oh, for me personally? Realistically, you know, personally, realistically. Man. Nothing? Um I mean, I, you know, I've got a KX3, so I don't really feel like there's much else. And I have the pan adapter for it and the amp. Um, as Wait, well it as, doesn't doesn't everybody? I mean, really? I mean, I, I even have the sidecar for it. So, you know, truthfully, for me, the thing that would be the best really isn't a thing. It would be um, having somebody come over here and helping me get um, my uh, NFED quad hung from my deck into the 80-foot tree in my backyard. What's an NFED quad? So LNR started last year selling a quad-band high-power oh, NFED. Oh. I thought you were talking about a four- or a four, a four radial. Quad. No, I, I had no would, idea. That would be, <laughs> maybe I should start designing that and selling yeah. it. Yeah, you can use it with your KX3. <laughs> um, but yeah, getting, getting some help uh, to get that hung. I mean, because... Uh, I'll admit, I, I I have sometimes, you know, like I, sometimes I have more um, equipment than I have time or the opportunity to use. So that that's what I would want, some help hanging an antenna. And everybody will be at your house Christmas morning. Or actually, for, I guess another thing to ask for would be like either the tennis ball launcher that, um, George, you talked about previously, or at least an easy hang. Yeah, yeah. That tennis ball launcher. It, it, even if you're not launching antennas, that's got to be a fun thing. <laughs> tater gun. Boom. Yeah. Boom. yeah, tater gun. <laughs> All right, George. Uh, uh, ham Ham Shack two dot is going up. What have you told uh, the misses beside a sandwich that you wanted for Christmas? Oh boy, you know I I'm kind of in Jerry Jerry. Who's Jerry? I'm in Jeremy's boat here a little bit because you know I I got enough stuff. I what I really need is I need some more skills. For Christmas, I want better CW uh, copying skills. To be perfectly honest, I, I think I, I need some. There's an some app more for that. Uh, yes, uh, there are some good ones. So that I would I would really like. But if I had to pick a thing, you know the the one thing I just I don't have at all, um, and uh, I would love to get into is software defined radios. And mm-hmm. I think um, I will probably get some sort of low end SDR radio uh maybe start playing with an S, uh, rtl dongle or something like that um which are only like 30 bucks or, yeah. or, less. or less yeah so so i think that's uh, kind of in the cards fantastic well i would like to have some time to enjoy the gear that i have and uh i would i would really i would really like to find the time and i've actually kind of begun finding the time to learn cw 
some friends of mine are using it now locally and I feel kind of left out. So I think I'm going to try to try to get that going. Really? I'll be, I'll be, uh, 42 years old on the 18th of December, the day that the force awakens. And I told my wife that all I wanted for my birthday was for her to test for her technician. Now our next local testing session isn't until February. So I don't know how she'll pull that off if she even attempts, but, uh, that's what I've asked for, for the birthday this year. I would like to, um, well, I just had a gentleman send me an, an, a UHF rig here to put in the shack. So I now have UHF and VHF in the shack. Uh, I don't have a whole, I don't really have a big list of things. I just have a lot of projects. I would like the time to, to be able to finish those and maybe get my APRS and some packet running here on the farm. So that's, that would be, I don't, I don't really think I could buy anything right now or receive anything for that matter that would really, you know, unless Ellicraft's listening. I guess, I guess we'll stop that KX3 shipment, George, since he's all Dang. good. I just totally screwed hey, that already up. already canceled it, man. It's, it's over. He doesn't <laughs> man, need it. Money's back on the card already. Thanks, guys. You know what? But I, I think actually, you know, we all sort of hit on something that's really important, which, which is, um, this hobby is so gear centric. I mean, we, we can spend hours and we have talking about uh, equipment, right? I mean, that's part of the attraction to the hobby. But at the end of the day, um, it's really about uh, how you use your station and what you learn in the process and the, the people that you, you meet and the friends that you make and the enjoyment of getting on the air. I mean, that's really um, – that's the most important part. So don't get too wrapped up in the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it's real easy to man, because the internet as wonderful. It is. It puts it at your fingertips. You don't even have to go to the store anymore. You know, you could just log in and buy right there. And then you'll wake up tomorrow morning and want to buy something else to complement what you bought today, uh, which makes it really hard sometimes to remember to be thankful for what we do have. And, um, you know, Thanksgiving is upon us and the Christmas season is rapidly approaching. Uh, I'm very grateful for you guys uh, coming along this journey with me. It's hard to believe that uh, we've got 39 episodes in the can, and both of you have been a very large part of that. So uh, on behalf of myself and the audience, uh, very happy and thankful Thanksgiving for you both, and uh, can't wait to see what happens next year. There's Thanks, Gail. That's Thank really you. nice. Yeah, that's... And, and likewise, I mean, I, I've, I've enjoyed every minute of it and, and can't wait to do more. And it's it's just a pleasure working with you guys. Likewise. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And it, it's been, Jeremy, I remember the phone call when we first spoke and, and how funny that was. You're like, well, yeah, you know, uh, maybe we'll see. And the next thing we know, you know, we're we're knocking these episodes out and we've got thousands of people listening around the world. And and I get this uh, email from a guy whose last name I still can't pronounce from from California. He's like, hey, man, I like your show. I'm like, You're, somebody in California is listening to my program. Can you understand what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, it's just it's been an awesome run. And uh, I, I'm really, really grateful. It's um, it's really humbling to think uh and and the listener here uh to you especially it's it's really humbling for me when i upload the show on a tuesday and check back a few hours later and see how many of you have downloaded the program and to know that you have stopped what you're doing or at least pretended that you haven't stopped what you're doing 
and you're listening to myself and, and folks like George and Jeremy and, and, and our guests that we've had over this course of this year, um, that you're giving me your time. I know how important that is uh, because we only get 24 hours in one day. And for you to know that there are thousands of people out there, maybe even at the same time, listening to us talk about this hobby that we love, that is very humbling to a guy who's had a, a, not a lot of humble things in his in his life throughout these 42, almost 42 years. So uh, very thankful to you, the listener, for, for being here, for coming back, for reviewing the show for subscribing, for supporting the program, for, for your encouraging words, for telling your buddies about us, talking about it on the local repeater, uh, you know, social media, all that stuff. Uh, we're, we're very, we're very blown away that you like us enough to keep coming back. So thank you listener for, uh, for being here with us again. And, uh, we hope that this program has been of some help with your financial situation this year to spend some of your money that uh, you you maybe had some questions and maybe some of our insight has helped you help make some uh, good sound decisions on some gear that uh, it, it takes gear to operate in ham radio. So we can't get away from that. But even at that, we hope this has been helpful to you. So thank you again for listening. And George, thank you for being here as always. Uh, you are an asset to the show. Thank you so much for your gift to the listeners. And don't forget, send Turkey as a subject line to Kell at amateur radio 15.com. You'll find my email address. I'll have it there on the front page of the show notes. But, uh, George, thank you for being here. Anything you want to uh, leave with our listeners? Oh, I just have had such a great time doing this uh, in all the other episodes. So thank you for the opportunity. And um, for the people listening, we'll definitely have a very detailed show notes uh, for all the items we talked about. Um, and I think we need to figure out a good way for you to hand off a shopping list to your to your uh, friends and loved ones so they can go get you the right stuff. So uh, we'll <laughs> we'll put it in a form that makes it easy for them to shop. How's that? George, you come up with stuff like that all the time. So well, that, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. George is a great list maker. He's an asset, uh, a list maker, if nothing else. And he's a lot more than that. But he can make <laughs> some serious lists. Jeremy, do you concur that George makes awesome lists? He makes good lists. Yeah, he does. He really does. Jeremy, you got anything you want to toss up to the listener? Uh, I, I like, uh, it's hard to not sound like I'm being disingenuous, but I, I am also have been thankful for the opportunity to, uh, to get to know UK and get to go along this journey and, and participate in it as much as I have. And, uh, thankful for you also coming along, George. Um, I think, I think we, especially, um, for our listeners, like we have a really good off the air, off the net, uh, friendship as well. Um, which I'm very thankful for. I've got to meet a lot of really awesome people and have conversations with awesome people because of this. Um, and so ultimately, like Kale said, I am also very thankful for our listeners and I, I'm thankful for the feedback we get from you guys. Feedback is a gift and uh, you guys have given us some great ideas for some stuff to tackle and I look forward to seeing what you guys challenge us with for 2016. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, folks, uh, listen to it again. If you missed a spot or if you want to go back to a particular section, we tried to break this up as off, as much as we could to keep things uh, together, to let you collect your thoughts and come back in again. Uh, episode 40 is coming up, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I don't, I'm not going to say anything about it, but it's going to be fun, and you guys should really enjoy it. 
George, Jeremy, thank you both again for coming on the Photon Podcast. We'll see you uh, probably pretty soon because we still have a lot of work to do uh, with all the shows that we promised the listener uh, in this upcoming year. But uh, God bless everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your family. Go Panthers. Beat the Cowboys. And we'll catch you next time on the Photon Podcast. Thanks for listening, downloading, and subscribing to Photime, the other ham radio podcast, presented by mtcradio.com. To subscribe, comment, share, or review, visit our show site at photimepodcast.com. Till next time, 73, y'all.